Welcome to the North Shore Church audio podcast. To find out more information about North Shore Church, please visit us at mynsag.com. We hope you enjoy today's message. Just awesome that we can come together on a brand new year. Not just a new day, it is a new year. Fresh start, a new beginning, time to drop a little weight, maybe for others of us to pick up some weights, get in shape, whatever it is. We all got these resolutions, get closer to God, about a million other little task lists of things that we want to do. Um, But I'm just excited today because I think for some of us, we can relate to the words of Paul that say, uh, you know what, I'm forgetting what's behind me. But I'm going to press forward towards what God has for me in the future. And so I just believe that 2017 is going to be our greatest year yet as a church. And it can be your greatest year yet, no matter where you're at. And so uh, mentally, I think the new year just does something to us, right? It's, it's a time that we just mentally, it's like, wow, this, it's it. It's just, this is here. We are here. We can ref- refocus Start something new. We can break some bad habits, break some addictions. We can start some new habits. Like we can, it's just kind of that fresh start. Like if we're looking for an excuse to start working out, the new year comes. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when it comes to eating right, I usually don't start eating right right before the holidays. It's not like I'm a week from Thanksgiving and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm just gonna cut back a little bit. I'm gonna stop eating so much. Like no, the new year's coming, so I'll wait for the new year. But this. This Thanksgiving and this Christmas, I'm going to throw down. <laughs> Give me those mashed potatoes and steaks. And, like, I love it. I love it. And so, But the new year is now here. Where are my resolution, people? Anybody have any goals this year, resolutions? Uh, you just got some things that you want to do. Uh, I, I know I usually do. And we are one day into the new year. How many of you have already broken your resolution? <laughs> that donut looked really good this morning. So I'm just going to wait till tomorrow to start that one. But... Uh, but resolutions are hard. Um, the new year can be kind of tough. We have big dreams, big goals, big aspirations. But for many of us, it's hard to follow through. And I know one thing that's going to be different for me and my family this year is this past week, my son, he, he uh, is two years old, and he just started potty training. And so for us, praise the Lord, it will be a year with a little bit less diapers in Jesus' name. Right, So I spent the last week convincing a two-year-old on the toilet to go potty for a Mike and Ike. <laughs> I will give you this Mike and Ike. Please, MJ, please, just go. So hopefully that, that's, that's going to be one of the big changes for, for our family. And I hope you've thought a little bit about what you want to do different, uh, make this year your best year yet. And here's the thing. I know that we all have resolutions. We all have goals. We all have things we want to accomplish. And maybe this year you want to start reading more. You want to get ahead. You want to to climb the ladder. You want to be successful. You want your marriage to grow stronger. You want your finances to be better. You want to get in shape and get out of debt. I want to get in shape and get out of debt. Like, we all have these these goals and, and all these different things. But I think instead of the question of what do I want to do this year, I think there's a better question. Instead of what tasks do I want to accomplish, here's I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, check, check, check. I think there's a better question, a deeper question, a question that if we ask this, it can maybe drive us to do some of those things naturally. Um, because the past few years, if you're like me, we're, we're ambitious, right? I set these goals, I want to do this. I am going to go 90 days of P90X, and I get nine days in, and I'm like, that sounded really good. <laughs> But I am done with that, you know. And so every year we set these goals, but every year by the end of it, by the end of 2016, some of us were coming across the, the new year 
dragging, stressed, wore out. Some of us, we just feel defeated. And we have these good intentions, but we just come across the finish line drained. Like if our life was an iPhone, we would be running on 1% in low power mode. And like that's, that's where we hit the new year. And so, so with the new year comes a new opportunity. And I even know a few years ago, me and my wife, we got really ambitious with our resolutions. We're like, okay, here's what we're going to do this year. In fact, these are really some of our resolutions. We said, we are going to fast four times this year. Once every quarter, just as a a family, we are going to fast once every quarter. We're going to take some time. We're not going to eat anything, and we're just going to pray as husband and wife. And we are going to fast four times a year. Uh, We said we're going to volunteer in the community outside of the church three times a year. And so we thought we're going to do that. We're going to read and pray together every single day as husband and wife, and we're just kind of making our checklist, right? Check, check, check. We're going to invite someone to church every single week. And I even had this really ambitious goal. In fact, I'm going to try to win somebody to Christ every single day. And so we had this just ambitious, it's the new year. This is my, my new checklist, my new goals. And so let's just say it came time for us to, to fast. And we looked at each other and said, you know what, let's pray about it and let's go out to lunch and talk about it. <laughs> um, fasting sounds good, but Texas T-Bone sounds a little bit better right now. Um, you know, we, we volunteered one time in the community, but we just, we took lots of pictures. And so we thought, you know, if we take enough pictures, one time is going to be enough for us this year. Uh, we started praying and reading God's word together um, until we got into a TV show we really liked. And then Jesus time became Netflix time. You know what I mean? And so uh, it started good. And then about three days after not winning anyone to Christ, I saw, stopped even looking for opportunities to do it. And so with the new year comes this new start, and we got, we got this, these big ambitions, these big goals. Um, and, and so sometimes we, we think we want to do all these things, but we fall short for one reason or another. We fall back into the same habits, doing the same old things, spending our money the same old ways, eating the same food, and come to the end of 2017, more than likely we're going to become go dragging across the finish line, feeling drained once again. So this year, there's maybe just a little bit different question that I want to challenge you with. Not what do I want to do? Not what tasks do I want to accomplish? Not what things do I want to do this year? But I think there's a better question that you could ask yourself. And so here is the better question. Not what do I want to do, but who do I want to be? Who do you want to be? What kind of a person do you want to be? How do you want to be remembered? What do you want to be known for? Maybe you want to be someone who's a little more caring. Maybe this year, you know what, I just, I want to be someone who's generous. I want to be someone who's known for their generosity. I want to be someone who's known for their integrity. I want to be someone who's known that has a heart to chase after God. Like some of us, we have this to-do list, go to church. I'm going to go to church more this year. But what if instead of our goal wasn't to go to church, but to be a, a fully devoted follower of Christ? Now, now our, our mindset changes a little bit because when we have these to-dos, these goals, it's like we have these darts, right? Like we're focusing on the task, not necessarily the goal. And so instead of focusing on the darts that we're trying to kind of throw, like I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, let's shift our focus just a little bit of who do we want to be because now we're looking at kind of the target. <laughs> this is the goal. I'm going to be, you know what, I'm going to be someone who loves Jesus with their whole heart this year. And that means I'm probably going to be in God's house That means I'm probably going to get connected a little bit deeper. That means I'm probably going to find some good Christian and godly friends. 
uh, this year. I'm getting involved. I'm getting connected. And, and maybe this year you want to be somebody who doesn't live paycheck to paycheck. Maybe this year you want to be somebody who has a strong marriage. You know what? You know who I want to be? I want to be someone who loves my wife. I want to be someone who loves my family. Uh, maybe you just want to be someone who's healthy. This year instead of I want to get in the gym, no, here's who I want to be. I want to be a healthy person. And some of our actions are going to have to drive that and then realize it's a process. <laughs> it does not happen in a week or seven days or seven weeks sometimes. But if we can stick with it, I believe that, that, that our year can be changed. So with a new year here, the fresh start of a new beginning, I'm not going to talk to you about how to fulfill all the things of dreams of who you want to be. I want to talk to you as a pastor on staff and one thing that I hope you're determined to be this year. One thing that I think is above all other things. And so I want you to keep the most important thing the most important thing. Because it's one of the biggest things that can change your life, change your family, change your finances, change your future, change your children. Like it's so big, it can change everything, but it's so little and so simple that anybody can do it. Yet hardly anyone does. <laughs> Something just very simple. It's something that can lead you places you never thought you could go, doing things you never thought that you would do. So here's who I want you to be this year. And we kind of already have it up there. I want you to be recharged. Recharged. Uh, who, who says, you know what, I could use a little recharge this year. I could feel, have a year where I just feel a little recharged, refreshed, and renewed. But I want to just break it down and explain it so you know exactly what I mean. You know exactly how to live a life that, 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 that way. Um, and so I'm just going to break it down a little bit um, by talking to you about just things that need charged. How many of you got your smartphone with you today? Cell phone people? Come on, everybody's hands. I know y'all, y'all got your smartphones, your cell phones with you. Does anybody have the issue? that your phone won't last all day long. Like, you gotta charge your phone sometime throughout the day. Where's my, my people that have to charge their phone sometime? Now, here's the real question. Is there anybody in the room that it's all, like a few hours into the day and your phone is already dead? Oh, yes, look around. These are the people that are on Facebook sending you all the notifications of find out which Disney character you are. Like, that's them. That's them. You better stay off of that Facebook app uh, while we're at church right here. Uh, but, but we do, we... we, we uh, <laughs> we want to live this life this year that is recharged. Um, in fact, last week, my phone died, and it died, and it was off for about three days. And while my phone was off for those three days, the most unbelievable thing happened. I survived. I, man, I got through those three days. It was crazy, but I got through those three days. But there's nothing that feels better than a fully charged phone. You know what I mean for like that one minute that you wake up and you pull it out of the charging station, you look up in the top right-hand corner, and it says 100%. It's like, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for 100%. And then about five minutes later, it's down to 99. It's like, well, it was, it was good for a few minutes. Uh, but there's nothing that feels better for, the, for that than that moment. And I think there's some of us today that we're going through life, and we feel drained. We feel empty we feel like we're not fully charged and we're going through life and we're stressed. We're depressed. We're wondering. We want this year to be different, but we have no idea how to make, how to make it different. 
We're trying to get by on our own strength, but it doesn't seem to be enough. And so sooner or later, we start believing the lies of the enemy that he throws our way. Because the Lord Lord knows that the enemy is active, especially at the new year, because this is when we get in our minds that we want to make a change, that we want to do something better. We want to do move forward in certain areas of our lives. And the enemy, he's active. He's going to throw those lies back in your face. He's not going to say, forget what's behind you and press forward toward what's, what's ahead. He's going to say, remember what's behind you. <laughs> Remember what you did last year. Remember that time you failed. I heard what you said when you stubbed your toe last week. I saw you. Like he's going to throw the past in our face. He's going to tell you things like you're not good enough. You're never going to find love. Yeah, you, you, you may quit for three days, but you're going to start right back up on the fourth. You're not strong enough. You're not good enough. Uh, you're worthless. If you don't get the promotion, you might as well just be done. Like he's going to try to try to get you to quit and make you think that this year is going to be the same as every other year and that your best days are behind you. All right? It's his goal that if you were, your life was a cell phone, you're at 1% operating on low power mode, just a little bit slower, just a little bit out of focus, just not quite as sharp as you should be or good as you could be. But God has a different plan for your future. He has a different plan for 2017 for your life. In fact, God's word says he has plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. He has plans. He has great plans for your future. So not this year. And I hope some of us today, we're not going to be living on that 1%. We can just determine in our mind, it is not low power mode for us. It is not going to be low power mode for me this year. I'm tired of living on 1%. I'm tired of feeling drained, stressed, depressed, feeling like I can't do what God has called me to do. This year, I'm going to get recharged. I'm going to get recharged. Not this year. In fact, you know what? Just say it with me. Say, say not this year. Sometimes you just got to say it out loud because there is power in the words we speak. So just say it one more time. Not this year. Not this year. This this is not the year for you to go through feeling drained and defeated. In fact, it's funny because I just told you that we were potty training MJ, and uh, so I've come up with this little potty dance, like, come on, it's time for the potty party, MJ, let's go. And he's got to stand up, turn around, sit down, and go. And, like, I just got this little potty dance. And I'm trying to teach him that this is what we do. It's a party. You go. Woo, it's awesome. And uh, so he started doing this thing where he'll go, go there, and I'm trying to get him to do it by himself. And he'll look at the step, and he'll look at the, the stool, and he'll just turn around and say, I tant. I tant, Daddy. I tant. And, like, it's really cute and it's funny. But I look at him, and I say, you know what, MJ? Yes, you can. In fact, I become like this little motivational speaker to my two-year-old. MJ, say it with me. Say, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Say it louder, MJ. Say, yes, I can. Yes, I can. And like before long, we're screaming it. Say it as loud as you can, MJ. Scream it. Yes, I can. And like he screams, yes, I can. It's awesome. And then he can. He does it. I'm like, okay, MJ, show me. And he'll crawl up there and he'll do it. I'm like, that's my boy. You could do it. You just needed to know you could do it before you did it, <laughs> right? He just had to say it. He had to move from I tant to yes, I tan. And so this is your to move from I tant, I can't, to yes, you can. You can live a life that's recharged. So uh, I just want to further illustrate what I mean by living a recharged life. What does that mean? 
What am I even talking about? Um, I want to illustrate it even further by talking about something that I absolutely love. My 2003 Maroon Ford Focus. And let me tell you why I love this old thing so much. It's because it's paid off. <laughs> Praise God. It is, it is paid off, and that is my car, and I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. It's not the prettiest thing. In fact, I went down to Oklahoma, and it took me about three years to realize what people were talking about when they said this word. And just throw your hand up if you know what this word means. Hoopty. Anybody ever heard the word hoopty? Who in here has no idea what a hoopty is? I had no idea. And so people are down there in Oklahoma, and they're talking about, yeah, he's driving that hoopty around. And I'm like, okay, is that kind of a, a new car? Is that cool? Is that a good thing? I just don't know. I just, for three years, I just nodded my head, okay, yeah, a hoopty, sure. Like, I understand what it means. And about three years later, I finally find out that a hoopty is a beat-up, junky, old car that's just getting from A to B. And so I'm like, you know what, my car may be a hoopty, but praise God, it's paid off, and it gets me from A to B. And so it's, it's my hoopty. And sometimes it malfunctions on its own, and sometimes it's user error. And a while ago, I was a youth pastor there for about 10 years, or I've been a youth pastor for 10 years, but I was a youth pastor in Oklahoma City for five and a half years. And it was actually earlier this year. It was a Wednesday morning. And Wednesday mornings are my mornings to get ready for Wednesday night, our big youth night. And I was at a coffee shop, and I was working, getting my everything ready and finalized and polished. And it was time for me to go. I had an important meeting that morning. And so I go out to my car, and I realize I had left my headlights on. And so I try to start my car. It's an important meeting. I'm already kind of running behind. I'm trying. It's, it's always happens in those moments, right? Like the worst possible moments. I'm trying, and I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And so now I have, I don't know anybody in the coffee shop. It's awkward. I'm not that guy that likes to cause this big scene. But I have to walk into the coffee shop and, like, talk to the people at, at the counter, like, hey, uh, do you guys have any jumper cables? Like, my car is dead out here. And then, so they turn around in front of the whole store. Hey, anybody in here have some jumper cables? This guy's car won't start. And I'm just like, yeah, I would appreciate a jump. Thank you, somebody, if I could have some. And finally, one person comes, you know what, I got some jumper cables, let's go. And so, in fact, I got a few jumper cables. Could, would uh, Pastor Chris, come on, help me out here. Thank you so much. And so uh, we went out to my car, and he had to, to kind of pull up beside it. And, and you, you know how the jumper cables work, right? So he hooked up the jumper cables on his, he, and I hooked up the other end on mine, and uh, for about a minute we just let him hook up, and then I turned the ignition, and brruh, brruh, that baby started purring. It was good. I'm like, yes, praise God, I can go. Uh, let's go. But here's what jumper cables do. Here's what these things do. When you don't have any power, they give you power you don't have. They give you access to someone else's power. You hook it up to someone's power and it gives you the charge you need. It connects you to power so your car can start and you're good to, to go. Ultimately, it gives you power you don't have. So when I'm talking about living a recharged life, I'm talking about going through this year, not trying to live on your own power. Man, we got pow access to a power that we can't get on our own. I'm saying hold one end of these in your hands and put the other end in Jesus' hands and say, God, you give me power that is greater than my own. On my own, I can go so far, but with you, I can go anywhere, do anything, because now my power is infinitely greater than anything that I could ever have. Because some of us were here. 
You're here and you feel it. You come dragging across 2016. You're tired, empty, alone, stressed. But when you put those, when you put these in the hands of Jesus, now you have access to a power that's greater than your own. It's greater than you. Things begin to change because now you begin to feel, feel more powerful. You're not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror, according to Christ. You're, not, you're the head and you're not the tail. You're above and not below, right? He is with you. Now all of a sudden you begin to feel like you have purpose. You begin to feel like you have a divine destiny and anything could happen. We've been living in our own power long enough. I've been living on my own power long enough. And some of us, we show up today and we're, we're so empty and we just begin to even wonder, is recharging even possible? Is it even possible for, for, for me? Because it seems impossible, but today it's time for us to get reconnected to our source of power. To get reconnected. Our re-solution is to recharge, and to do that we got to get reconnected to our power source. So I don't know about you, but someone in here, we're ready to say, Jesus, this year I'm not getting by on my own strength. This year I'm not just going to do what I can do. I'm going to try things that only you could do through me. See, this year, the possibilities before you are boundless because the power behind you is endless. I said the possibilities before you are boundless because the power behind you is endless. And this is the year where we live a fully charged life. I don't know about you, but even as a pastor, uh, you know, I'm speaking a lot from my heart today. Uh, I'm just tired of going through the motions in my relationship with God. I'm just tired of going from A to B and trying to do things in my own strength. But this year's a fresh start. Today, maybe you don't have a resolution. Maybe you don't have any goals. Maybe you don't have anything that you would like to be a little bit better at this year. But it's still day one. <laughs> there's still time to make some goals. There's, there's still time to break some of those too. But, but this year, for me, I'm determined to let God be my source of power. Let God be my source of strength, and one of the things we've got to do is we got to reconnect. When your phone dies, it runs out of power. You got to plug it in and put it in the wall. You got to put it, give it to its source of power. And this is the year we re reconnect to our power source, to God. And I want to, I want everybody to be very clear what I'm talking about. So I'm going to break it down. I want to be very, very practical with you today. And I know it's it's day one, and you're like, RJ, you're going to talk to me day one about in church about being connected to God, yes, I am, because we can have lots of goals, lots of things we want to be, lots of things we want to do, but we've got to keep the most important thing the most important thing. And so with on day one, with the entire year in mind, I don't want you to forget about the big thing and get so focused on the little things that the big thing gets shoved off your plate. And so here's what I'm talking about. Very simple, very practical. I want to break it down so everyone knows what I'm talking about. It's a secret. <laughs> You're like, are you talking about you crazy little white guy up there? But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's me. I, I've been a, a youth pastor in Oklahoma City the past uh, five and a half years at, at a church that was a predominantly African-American church. And I have absolutely loved it. Grown so much because of it. Loved my time down there. Loved my pastor. I, it was an absolutely incredible experience. And uh, I wouldn't be the, the person, the leader, the pastor I am today without it. So thank God. For, for some of my past, but, but it's a secret, and it's not just a secret. Actually, it's a secret place. It's a secret place. Matthew 6, 6, Jesus talks about it. Here's what he says. He says, when you pray, 
go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Pray to your Father who is where? Where is your Father? He's in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you only. So not only is he in the secret place, he sees what's going on in the secret place. And I think this is interesting. This has never jumped out to me before. And so I just want to share it with you because just a few verses later, Jesus is going to share a verse that we all know, the Lord's Prayer. Right? And when you pray, here's how you pray, our Father which art in heaven. But it's interesting that before he shows us how to pray, he tells us where to pray. He tells us where to pray. He says, go into your room and shut your door. So here's the big secret. The secret to putting these cables in the hands of Jesus and holding on to one end, the other end, is very simple, very practical, very easy to remember. Shut the door. (laughs) Shut your door. And when Jesus said, it just popped out to me, that that, that phrase popped out to me this year, and uh, it said, when you go into your room, shut your door. I thought it's interesting that he would say that 2,000 years ago, but it still applies and means the same thing to us today. Shut the door. Shut out some distractions. Turn off the TV. Turn off the phone. Maybe even play worship music for just a little bit, but shut your door. Go to a place where you can get alone with Jesus. It's just you and God. Get off of Facebook for a few minutes and get your face in his book for a few minutes. Like, get, he has this, this plan for our life. We can live a recharged life, but it, this is how we do it. we got to shut your door because this is the moment where he says, you know what, your worries, you can cast your worries, cast your cares on me. It's this moment where we put the cables in his hands when we shut our door and he say, God, I, I can't get by on my own strength. I need you. And that's where he says, you know what, let me carry those worries. Let me carry those doubts. See, this is why God's word says, when you're weak, I'm strong. When you're running at 1%, when you're dragging across the finish line, I'm strong. You need to come to me. That's, I, I love that, that. We have access to a power that's greater than ourselves. And so that's why when you're weak, when you're dragging, when you're strong, we have access to a power that's greater than ourselves that can recharge us, that can get us going, that can take us places we never thought possible. That's why his word says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Those that wait on the Lord, like those that go in to step back. How many times did Jesus model this? Jesus retreated. Jesus went off alone to pray. Step back, close the door, get into a place where it's just you and God. You and Jesus. See, it's when you wait that we get power. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Imagine if I uh, did all I could to be the greatest son I could ever be. Like I'm talking, I, I just thought about being the greatest son all day long. Dad, I'm, I'm going to mow the lawn so you don't have to. I'm going to take out the trash before you even ask. I'm going to get straight A's. I'm going to be in FCA. I'm going to graduate with honors. And like I did all these things, all these different tasks to try to be the greatest son I could ever possibly think of being. And imagine I did all these things for 20 years straight. But at the end of those 20 years I did all these things in the name of being a great son, yet it was at the absence of actually having a real relationship with my father. I did all these things for him, but I never spent any time with him. 
And so as a pastor today, I'm just speaking from some of my heart. Because I don't, I don't want to hear my father say, you know what, you did all these things for me, but you didn't really spend any time with me. You did all these things that you thought would make you a good son, but you didn't even know me. I don't want these things. I want you. And today I think God is speaking to some of our hearts. He doesn't want these things. More than anything else, he wants you. He wants to get to know you. He wants to spend some time with you. And if I'm just completely honest, part of me is scared that someday I'm going to stand before my creator. I'm going to say, God, I led people to you. God, I, I prayed and I've seen people get healed. Lord, I've helped people in need. God, I've given generously. God, I did all these things for you. And he's just going to look and say, yeah, but you never even really knew me. You never even really spent time with me. So this year's 2017 is starting. I just have this, this passion, this goal inside of me that I don't want to get so caught up on busyness, so caught up on work, so caught up on even good things. Like if Satan can't get us to fall on the bad things, maybe he'll throw us some good things, some success, some money, uh, you know, some good things. And I don't even want to get caught up on, on marriage or my kids so much, which are great things, that I miss out on the most important thing. And that's time with my Lord. Time where I can just take these cables, retreat, close my door, and you don't literally have to close your door. Maybe it's your car. Maybe it's just somewhere. But it's a place where you are determined to meet with God and just say, God, I'm going to put this in your hands. I can't do this on my own. I need you. I need your help. And I want you to see that there's even more. God, Jesus not only talks about that, he talks about where to pray. Then he talks how to pray. And then after that, he talk, goes back and talks about the secret place even more. Shows about the power of the secret place once again. And that's in Matthew 6, 16 and 17. And he says this, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces. They may appear to men to be fasting, but assuredly I say to you, they have their reward. But when, but when you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So now Jesus, he's contrasting the Pharisees who do everything for people to see. Look at me. Look at the things I do. Look at, look at this. Look at this. Isn't this great? Isn't this awesome? And Jesus is saying, no, don't live like that. Your Father is in the secret place. You're going to get recharged in the secret place. Your father who is in the secret place. Do you get that? He's already there. And when we pray, sometimes it's, Lord, come into this place. He's already in the place. He's not the one who left. You feel, Lord, I just want to draw closer to you. He's not the one who moved. He's in the secret place. And all we have to do to be there with him, shut our door. Go there. The moment we go somewhere with the intention to connect with God, he's already there waiting for us. That's where we're going to get recharged. That's where we're going to reconnect with Christ. That's where we're going to reconnect with God. It's simple. To find it, you just shut your door. God's already there waiting to speak to you, waiting to charge you, waiting to fill you waiting to renew you, refresh you. He's in the secret place. 
And I know sometimes, uh, you know, we can get distracted. Sometimes it's hard because even me, when I pray, I've had moments where I thought, God, are my prayers even going past the ceiling? And we have to fight these feelings because even me, I have a hard time of, of I don't feel like doing it. And my feelings and my, my mind, like Paul talks about the, this battle between your flesh and your spirit. Like my spirit wants to, but my flesh doesn't. My feelings don't. So this year, I'm just determined that when I don't feel it, I'll choose it. When you don't feel like praying, choose it. Because the Bible's clear, choices are leaders and feelings are followers. Make a choice. The reason I know that is Jesus told us to live by your choices, not by your feelings. The Sermon on the Mount, when he completely redefined Christianity, he said, love those who hate you. Pray for those who persecute you. How many of y'all just feel like loving on people who hate you? (laughs) How many of you just feel like praying, Lord, bless that person, even though they curse me? Like, no, we don't feel it, but you know what we got to do? Choose it. When you don't feel it, choose it. Because feelings are going to say, it doesn't matter. Feelings are going to say, you're not really going to get strength by meeting with God alone. But your faith is going to say something different. I know he's there because his word is always true. And his word says he's in the secret place, already there waiting for me. Feelings are going to say, I'd rather do something else. But faith says, I'm going to make a choice to live a certain way because my choices are going to be stronger than my feelings. And when we feel like getting mad at our spouse, when we feel like getting angry at our kids, we can make a choice to do something else. When we don't feel it, we can choose it. The world tries its hardest to squeeze so much time and energy and and so many things from our life every single day that there's nothing left for the secret place. There's nothing left for that moment, the time during the day when it's just you and God. In fact, there was a quote from John Piper uh, I read recently, and it says this, one of the greatest uses of Twitter and Facebook will be to prove at the last day that prayerlessness was not from a lack of time. And I don't want to downplay this building at all. I don't want to downplay coming together as a church because some of us, we feel like we get recharged when we come here, and we do. I mean, we come to a church where the pastor spits fire. I mean, if you've not heard Pastor Chris speak, if this is your first Sunday, you got to come. I mean, he breaks it down in a way that when I leave, I'm like, man, that was awesome. That was good. I feel good, and I just feel energized, and I feel ready to go for a time. But I need it. We need to be in this house. You know, I truly, I'm not just saying that because I'm a pastor. Like, RJ, you're a pastor. Of course you're going to say that. But I truly have this conviction where, where when Jesus says, planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish. I just believe it, that if we're planted in this house, if my kids are planted in this house, they'll flourish. If I'm planted in this house, I will flourish. I'm not going to neglect gathering together with believers like his word says. So I passionately believe the church is the hope of the world, that we need to be here. But this, the energy that you get from this place, it won't last you all week long. Nothing can replace the secret place. So this year, what do I want you to be? Recharged. How are you going to be recharged? By putting these 
in the hands of Jesus. How do you do that? Just shut the door. Just take time to meet with God. Something so simple, anyone could do it. But yet it's so simple, hardly anyone does. But we're a church, we believe in the power of prayer. We believe prayer changes things. In fact, think about this. If we didn't believe prayer changed things, why would we even do it? If we didn't believe prayer could change situations, if we didn't believe prayer could change people, why would we pray for God to heal someone? Why would we pray for God to save someone? Why would we pray for others if we didn't believe prayer moved the hand of God? Prayer changes things, yet we still have such a hard time doing it. Even at times when we don't feel it, God can move the most. There was a time in uh, when I was in college, I was a sophomore in college, and I just came home for uh, a few weeks. I think it was one of the breaks. And so I just went home to see my parents for a few weeks. And one of the Sundays, I'm there. My dad's a senior pa- a pastor there. And so he's preaching, and at the end, he has an altar call. And he says, if anyone needs healing, come to the front. We believe in a God who can answer, a God who can answer our prayers, and we want to pray over you. And so people start coming to the front. And then he says to the church, all right, church, now I need some of you to start coming and praying for these people. And uh, at this moment, I felt God tugging on my heart to go play, pray with a man named Howard. Howard was standing right up there in the front. And uh, as people start coming to pray for others, I just thought, no, you know what? I'm on my break. I'm on, I just want to relax. I don't want to do anything while I'm on this break. I don't even want to pray for someone. And so it was crazy because as the church came to start praying with people, there was somebody around every single person except Howard. And I'm like, man, God, I know you're wanting me to go pray with Howard, but I don't really feel like doing it. <laughs> And then my dad comes down off the podium and he starts praying over people and going down the line. You know how the pastor does. I'm like, okay, he, the senior pastor is going to pray for him. He would rather have the senior pastor pray for him anyways. And I promise you, I've never seen this happen the, again since this time. But my dad prayed for the person on Howard's left, skipped over Howard, prayed for the person on his right. And I'm looking at this with unbelief. And like, I'm almost mad at my dad. Like, what are you doing? He's going to leave your church. He's going to be mad at you because you skipped right over him and prayed for the next person. And this entire time, God's still speaking on my heart, RJ. I want you to go pray for Howard. So finally, I, I did not feel good about it. I was mad. I did not feel like doing it. And I was angry. I said, you know what, God, fine. I choose to go and do it if that's what I got to do. And so I'm walking up there. I have a bad attitude. And I ask Howard, hey, what can I pray with you about? He says, you know, for years and years, my legs have been hurting me so bad, I can barely even walk. And I was like, man, you sure you just don't have the sniffles? (laughs) You sure it's not just something little like your legs, you can barely walk? I just said, okay, Howard, you know what, let's just pray. And I promise you, it was the worst prayer known to man. It was so bad. I prayed, and I just said something. And in fact, it was so bad that when I got done, I just walked back to my seat and put my head down. And it was bad because I, then I began to think, like, why didn't I say hallelujah? Why didn't I say hallelujah more? Like, why didn't I say these big words? That was such an embarrassingly bad prayer. I felt so bad. In fact, I felt so bad that at the end of that service, um, when everybody started leaving, I just stayed in my seat. I said, I'm not going to talk to anybody. I especially am not going to talk to Howard. And so as everybody starts leaving, I'm just standing in my seat pretending to pray. 
That's what I did, pretended to pray. Um, and so I'm pretending to pray, and I'll just look back, and I'll see if people are still in there. I put my head back down, look back, and I keep looking back, and Howard's out in the lobby, and he won't leave. Like, leave, Howard. I'm going to sneak out this other way. Finally, the lights go off, and I'm kind of the last one in there. I'm just trying to stall. And so I get up, and I walk out, and I try to kind of give him the, hey, see you later. Have a good one. See you, Howard. And he stops me. Wait, 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 RJ, stop, stop. Man, you'll never believe it. In this moment, when you prayed for me, he said it felt like there was a, like a fire on my, my legs. And it just spread throughout my entire body. And when you left and you went back to your seat, I started walking. He said for the first time in years, there's absolutely no pain in my legs. And I looked at him and I thought, you got to be kidding me. There is no way that just happened. Because it was a time in my life where I felt like praying the least, yet God moved the most. And I wonder if that's true in our lives. I wonder if that's why it's so hard. I wonder if that's why the enemy works so hard to keep us from the secret place. Because it's in those moments, those places where we feel like praying the least, where God's power moves the most. So my challenge for you, your resolution, your resolution, who do you want to be this year? Is to be someone fully charged. Not just living on your own power, This year, let's tap into a power that's greater than ourselves. I I don't know about you, but I don't want to get on the other side of eternity and find out that I made an app on my phone more important than the God who created me. I don't want to get on the other side of eternity and find out that I made my, my sports team more important than my Savior. I don't want to get on the other side of eternity and find out that that my TV show meant more to me than the one who holds my eternity in his hands. This year. Our challenge is to be recharged, to be reconnected to God. Our challenge is to find the secret place, right? You grew up in church. You've been hearing it all your life. Pray and do your devotions. Pray. I'm not going to tell you how to pray. That's a different sermon. I'm not going to tell you how to read, how to break God's word down. That's a different sermon. But I just want to ignite a passion, a fire inside of you that says, you know what? Before I know how to pray, I'm just going to go nowhere to pray. I'm just going to determine in my life, I'm going to have a moment where it's just me and God every single day. This year, would you be bold enough to take one end of those, put the other end in God's hands, say, God, this is my year to recharge. I'm not going to come dragging across 2017 feeling the same way I feel today. Because, God, I'm coming back to the secret place. But I know within my own strength, I can only go so far. But when I'm tapped into your strength, anything is possible. That's why in 2017, no matter what your circumstances might be, no matter what life throws at you you your way, this can be your best year yet. Will you stand with me all across this place? Lord, we love you. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people. And Lord, I just pray 
that this year, uh, it may be our first time in church, God. We may not even have a relationship with you, uh, yet here I am up here talking about <laughs> finding a secret time and finding time to spend with you every single day. But God, I pray no matter who we are, no matter where we're at in life, uh, Lord, I pray even if it's our first time at church and we're just wondering about this God thing, that we would, we would try out the power that comes from the secret place. And Lord, I pray that, that for some of us, we would just determine that this year we're not going to go through feeling empty and stressed and down and like we're just trying things on our own strength. This year we are tapping into a strength greater than ourselves because we love you, Lord.